O'Neill Cruz basically dropped to one knee to launch a changeup out of PNC Park in the final inning of the season. And if that isn't enough, if that isn't enough for you to go through this coming off season with a smile, well, it isn't enough for me either. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. Right where you found this, the Pirates lost 6-3 to yesterday. And, of course, they lost because it was going to be a sweep otherwise. So, among many other numbers to throw your way, in conclusion, the Pirates finish the year 61-101. and They finish the year... Bottom five rankings for hitting and pitching. Top five ranking for defense. And, of course, 0-16 in games with a chance to sweep. And say what you want about that, but at least over the past six weeks, it seemed to happen only every other series. And the Pirates did play better over the past month and change. Actually above 500 in that time, which would have seemed completely unthinkable at the trade deadline. Why? Well, it's not as simple and cut and dried as saying, the kids came. We would all like to think that, but that's not really it. The September offense became more respectable because Yoshi Tsutsugo arrived. Definitely not a kid. The September pitching was bolstered in large part because... You know, Chris Stratton, who's 31 years old, was able to pick up the closer duties once everyone else had either been traded away or released, and then David Bednar ended up getting hurt. So there isn't a really tidy finish here. There's not a bow to put on this. And that's why I'm tempering whatever projections I might have in my head right now for what 2022 will be like. Because, yeah, it's it's fun to see Cruz in the majors. It's fun to see that Cruz earned his way up to the majors and then got to the majors. And even though it was just for a couple of days, like the, the most statistically insignificant sample size you can produce in baseball other than, of course, a single game. But it's more the ascent that made it convincing. Is he going to have issues along the way? Sure he will. We saw even over the weekend that he struggled a little bit with off-speed pitches. They're going to throw him nothing but off-speed pitches when they see the exit velocity that he produces on a regular basis. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Not a cure-all. Rowanzi Contreras shows up in the past week. There wasn't quite as much excitement about his arrival. Showed up. Pitched three innings. Looked good. Threw 97. Threw wipe-out off-speed stuff. Looks like he could slash should 
be in the major league rotation or at least have a very good chance at it, a fair chance at it, coming out of Bradenton. These are positives. These are positives. But when you're talking about progress in 2022 at the Pittsburgh level, there's so much that we don't know. And when I say that, believe it or not, I'm not talking about uh, performance or potential or who's going to step on the gas and who's going to have a great winter ball or whatever. I'm actually talking about Ben Charrington and management. Because if they find value, not just for the short term, but also for the long term, in having a stronger, a significantly stronger team in Pittsburgh in 2022, then they're going to have to give up in some form some of this money that they're obviously, or theoretically, I should say, since there's zero trust in this process, setting aside for a day when they're really going to contend and they can take their payroll up to, you know, nine figures again, where it was a handful of years ago. I don't get that sense, not from anybody. But if that were to happen, then you were to start making out this lineup, you know, and you start looking at, you know, just going around the diamond, Stallings, Moran, I think, is a legit Major League first baseman. Just needs to stay on the field. At second base, what are you looking at? Are you trusting Cole Tucker right off the bat because he had a nice finish? I don't know. At shortstop, you're probably looking at O'Neill Cruz. Don't bite my head off for that. There are no rules prohibiting players of a certain height from playing at that position. And if he could somehow stay there, imagine the benefit to that. If not, whatever, can bounce him around. But there's something to be said there. Defensively, you have Kevin Newman, but you don't want Kevin Newman playing anywhere near as much as he did this year. Third base is Kebrian Hayes. Brian Reynolds is in center. What are you looking at for left and right? Really don't know. Ben Gamble shouldn't be in your starting lineup. I love the guy. He shouldn't be in your starting lineup. And you don't have young players for these positions. Notice I've left out some names that gave people brief cause for excitement along the way, like Rodolfo Castro with those five homers in as many at-bats when he showed up. And then he struggled, and then it's like, ah, he stinks. Get rid of him. But... He's not going anywhere. He's really, really young. Maybe he has to prove himself in AAA. We can do this through the whole lineup. We can do this through the rotation. We can do this through the bullpen. And there aren't going to be enough names for an improvement, for a meaningful improvement. And that's where I think the decision has to be made. And I hope that it is made by Charrington, by Steve Sanders, by the baseball people, that the team could become at least a little bit dependent on outside help to fortify at reasonable costs that don't prevent you from making 
major signings, major retention signings into the future. Do not let the front office off the hook because it only feels like they've been here for a year. They haven't. They've been here for two years. Yes, 2020 was shortened by the pandemic, but they've been in place for two years. The honeymoon period, the rock bottom, all that stuff has to be in the past, and they have to ensure that it's time to start acquiring players and using money toward addressing needs in Pittsburgh because theoretically, correct me if I'm wrong, after two full years on the job, there should be far fewer holes to fill. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by the North Shore Tavern. Everyone knows about Steak on a Stone. That's the main entry, the real reason you go. It's an eating experience, and I underscore experience. You might not know that North Shore Tavern also has great cocktails, 28 taps, and Delusions Adult Slushies. Visit North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street, from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Josh, who asks, seven years, $90 million for Brian Reynolds. Who says no? Do you think Reynolds or Bob Nutting say no to that deal? Oh, boy, Josh. There's a lot of ground to cover with this question, but I I feel obligated to start here because it seems not to be common knowledge that the Pirates already hold Reynolds' rights for the next four full seasons. Four. And that's through arbitration. I could bore everyone to tears by breaking down how arbitration works, but put it this way. The Pirates have his rights. And they have them at a reasonable rate that's set by arbitration precedent. So he's not going anywhere. If the Pirates called a press conference for like tomorrow, first day of the offseason, and they announced that Brian Reynolds was being extended by four years, I am telling you that three quarters of the city, if not more, would be like, yes, that's awesome news. Great job. You know, because there just isn't that awareness and Believe me, I'm not denigrating anybody for not knowing this. Baseball's economic system is strange and it's different than other sports. But Reynolds isn't going anywhere for a long time. No matter how things play out in terms of an extension. Now, as you're on an existing contract or if you're going year by year through arbitration, yeah, there's a pretty good chance that you'll leave when it's over, and there's a just as good chance that you're going to get traded at some point before that so the team can get some value for you and not just let you walk as a free agent. So I'm not downplaying, certainly not dismissing, that an extension would be 
a better way to ensure that Reynolds stays here for the foreseeable future. But I'm also trying to remind that he's not going anywhere. He doesn't have to go somewhere. He's not some kind of pending free agent or whatever. As far as the dollar figures that you put forth, I honestly haven't done the math, Josh. I haven't gone through uh, you know, what all it would take to buy out all four of the arbitration years and then let's say an additional year or two of free agency. That's how these things work. Uh, you guarantee the dollars to the player through the free agency process. For example, uh, if you know a player gets hurt, blows out their knee, blows out their shoulder, as we saw with Gregory Polanco or whatever, and it really dramatically affects performance, there's no guarantee they're going to get all their arbitration money. There just isn't. You can also have really significant off-the-field injuries, car accident, whatever. Nothing's guaranteed in life unless it's actually guaranteed, you know? So if you're getting a guaranteed amount of money, maybe you're taking a little bit of a risk that you could have gotten more here or there, but probably not because agents are obviously aware of arbitration trends. But the team has to get something back, too, because the team really could just stamp him through arbitration for the next four years. They could be stubborn or autocratic about it. So what the team gets in return is an extra year or two or longer at the end of those four years that assures the player will be kept here if the team wishes. And that's usually done through what are called club options. The club can say, if we choose to keep you in this year, first year of free agency, then you're going to get, I don't know, 12 million or 15 million or whatever it is. If we choose not to keep you, as we're about to see with Gregory Polanco, there's a $3 million or whatever it is, it's negotiated, buyout that's paid to the player. The Pirates have done a lot of these contracts, and I'm talking about before Ben Charrington. This is how... Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte, uh, Felipe Vasquez, before, you know, all that other stuff happened that voided everything. Polanco, a bunch of others were all in this category. And the Pirates, for the most part, did well with these. I mean, throwing Vasquez out in every way. They got what they wanted out of these deals, and as they got closer to the end of them, they moved the guys for significant pieces. That's the likely route for all this stuff unless baseball's economic system changes. So I realize I'm not really answering your question here. You want to get super specific about some dollar sign and who says no and all that other stuff. And that's just, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I hope the Pirates do extend Reynolds in the way that I described. I think it would be beneficial to the team. I think it would be beneficial to the player. I think it'd be a little bit strange that it couldn't or wouldn't get done. And now is a great time to do that. Show the player that you respect what he just did for you over the full season. Show the player that he's going to be part of this, this thing that they're trying to to build 
Don't make him feel like he's going to be the next odd man out when he sees a Cabrian Hayes or an O'Neill Cruz come along. Start putting it together. Extending Reynolds would be a terrific step in that direction. I really appreciate the question, Josh. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Believe me, not just today, all season long. I have said this time and again to the listeners of this program. I have no idea how you do this. I have no idea how you wake up and press play on a show called Daily Shot of Pirates with the kind of season that they had overall. I am glad you were here. I'm grateful that you were here. And I am also telling you right now that this show isn't going anywhere. It's still going to be here every weekday morning. I mean, unless I take a vacation or something, but (laughs) it's going to be here. I'm not shutting it down. We're going to talk baseball all through the winter and right up until we're back in Bradenton again. Thank you so much.